0: Downside,
1: downside, 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 downside,
2: downside, 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 back to the ATI Podcast, everybody. Barrett Lewis and Josh Welch on the call. We got a very special episode coming our way today.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We got our guest, Slide, that'll be on the call today. So really looking forward to talking to them. Hell yeah. Having them live on Twitch for you folks as well. So that's, again, another great thing about the show that we're really trying to lean into that Twitch feature, that Twitch aspect of the show, and bring you guys these live interviews, uncut, okay. unedited, for everybody to enjoy Yeah. And get some listener participation. So hopefully tonight we get some. Participation Again, yeah. like we have been, people asking questions in the chat, so on.
1: Yeah, I'll be checking the chat throughout the night, so.
2: So we're really looking forward to having Slide on here, learn a little bit more about them, but just wanted to riff on a few current events, so long live the queen, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah, she uh, she didn't make it.
2: Yeah, Elizabeth II passed away today, specifically when we we're recording this, on September 8th, at 96 years of age. Dude, it's just so weird, because queen, the Queen
1: of England's been the Queen of England forever. You know what I mean? Our whole lives, so it's, now I guess we're going to be dealing with King Charles. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah, he's not like a particular particularly favorite person in the public eye as far as the royal family. So no, especially think, with
2: all the Diana stuff.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Diana, Diana was the people's princess,
2: and absolutely. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how the public receives him. But you know, i we were having a little bit of this chat before we started recording today, but you know. England's going to treat this as a national tragedy. Right. You know, institutions will be shut down. I think, Josh, you mentioned it before we even started recording the, the show The Crown. Which is pretty popular. Yeah, actually ceased production. Yeah, and Netflix observation. put a
1: stop to it about two hours ago. I seen the breaking news come down on
2: that. So I guess the premise of that show. I mean, I've never watched the show, but I guess the premise of it isn't that about Elizabeth and her formative years.
1: I, I think so. Like, I think whenever she first married Philip, and like when she was
2: coming into her own, and yeah,
1: we, you know, when she first becomes queen and all that stuff. So
2: right, hate to say this, but you know, not as impactful here. Right. In many respects, but we're aware of it. You know, we're not that far removed generationally, it's, you know, just a couple hundred years.
1: Like like me and you were talking, I like I think in England and the United Kingdom and stuff and in the Commonwealth, it's more of a cultural thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think it's like they've done it for so long that it's a tradition. Right. And it's a it's an image for their, their country, you know what I mean? For so sure. I think that, I think that's where the big oh my god, the queen, you know, stuff right. comes from. So I actually did pull up some interesting facts about this whole situation. Oh really? Yeah. So today Buckingham Palace let the public know that London Bridge is down. So Queen Elizabeth II, as Barrett said, who took the throne in nineteen fifty two, has passed away at the age of nine or uh, at the age of ninety six. After ruling for seventy years, many left wondering what exactly will happen now. There will be twelve days of mourning. United Kingdom. Mm. The moment she passed, Charles did become king, but he still has to be crowned. ceremony. Yeah, a note was pinned on the Buckingham Palace, a palace today, announcing the news. The phrase for the communication to her, ser- like her servants and her employees and stuff, was "London Bridge is down." That was the code word for it. It says her funeral will be hosted 10 days after her death, and she will lay in state before her, fun- her funeral, and while she's there, Charles will take a four-day tour of Britain. Interesting. I guess that's tradition of, you know, the heir
2: becoming. The last time I remember something of this ilk happening was Princess Diana. It was probably about 10 or so whenever that happened. Yeah. And I do remember the 12 days of mourning, but I don't really, you know, really recall much of it other than, you know, there was just so much controversy surrounding right. that. Was it a hit? Was it not a hit? Right. There's a, there's a lot of conspiracy theories around the Princess Diana death in particular. Oh, yeah. A lot of questions. You know, and, and her marriage to Charles wasn't on and didn't end in the best of terms either right. as well. So right. a lot of tabloid type drama was going out and playing playing out in front of the public.
1: Yeah. I think it was an issue of the royal family did not like
2: Diana, but the people loved Diana. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, she was a common person. Right. She was a woman of the people. So another big news that's going on right now. Uh, Steve Bannon in handcuffs. Oh
1: my God, dude. That video was awesome.
2: So Steve Bannon was arrested, conspiracy, and, uh, and several other charges, I believe, tax fraud. He turned himself in, right? New York City. That that part, I'm not sure. I mean, we can look that up and vet that information, but- yeah. Well, either way, I know he's that, in handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a, a video going around now of him being walked in handcuffs, and he's basically trying to be defiant and stating that, you know, he's not going down without a fight and so on and so forth. And I type.
1: haven't even been getting yet to fight. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, like right, that.
2: right, right. Steve Bannon is obviously a fucking absolute creature from out under a rock. And and if you don't know who he is, of course, he was a key member in the Trump cam- Trump campaign and Trump cabinet right. for the longest time. Kind of a QAnon, uh, Breitbart fuck, yeah. you know, to put yeah. it simply. We've talked about them in the past. He likes white bread. Yeah, very, very racially charged some of his beliefs, particularly hating against Jews and, and people of that eth- ethnicity and faith.
1: Well, and he's about white superiorism. You can listen to him talking about it. You know what right. I mean? He thinks, you know, the Anglo-Saxon is the future of everything.
2: You know, Steve Bannon himself, he's really been a huge part in kind of, in some ways, like the face of what the Trump movement is. Right. And you really need to look no further than how it's seeded with hate and horrific and terrible extremist political ideas other than just doing a character study of steve bannon in particular
1: yeah but it's definitely people like steve bannon who have turned the maga machine into what it is
2: for sure absolutely so he of course steve bannon pled not guilty to the new york state charges for money laundering conspiracy and fraud it's, uh, related to the uh, border wall effort right in particular it was the well. border
1: wall uh, money scheme or something like that right
2: he actually it, it was an online scheme specifically where he tried to raise money for the construction of a wall on the u.s southern border according to to his attorney. So these are, it's out of his attorney's mouth. Right. State charges are based on same conduct Bannon was charged with federal prosecutions in 2020 that alleged that he and three others had fraud defrauded donors in the border wall effort, which raised money more than $15 million. And he was later pardoned by Trump. So yeah. Trump pardoned him for that, the federal charge. So So now the state. This is state.
1: The state's going after him now.
2: Presidential pardons, of course, do not apply to state investigations, however. So this is, you know, to further clarify what we just said. Right. Handcuffed and flanked by officers as they walked past reporters in court being said, this is what happens in the last days of a dying regime. They will never shut me up. They'll have to kill me first. I have not begun to fight. So that's. Referring to the statement that Josh was bringing up earlier, yeah. According to the indictment, one of Bannon's associates, who is isn't named, created an online fundraising platform to raise money to build a wall on the border, in order to receive the money from donors. The organizer promised that 100% of the funds would go towards building a border wall and would not be taking a salary from the project. Bannon's associates discussed telling the public that no one involved in the border wall project would take a salary, according to the indictment in a text message. One of the associates told Bannon that the claims removes all self-interest taint on this and gives the CEO sainthood, the indictment says. Bannon publicly claimed that he was acting kind of a vol- as a volunteer But the we build the wall prosecutors said that in the indictment behind these scenes, Bannon allegedly helped to funnel hundreds of thousands of dollars himself to himself and associates.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was pocketing it.
2: In a statement from Attorney General Letitia James, she said, today is an important day for justice. And, you know, we'll see how this develops. But specifically, the quotes that I read was uh, comprised from a CNN article. But uh, you can read about this anywhere. AP News, New York Times, Newsday, Washington Post, MSNBC, Yahoo News, CBS News, CNBC, Boston Globe. Everybody's covering it. Right. The hot topic right now.
1: And I'm glad to see New York not playing any games still. At least, Absolutely. There's, at least there's a state out there holding people accountable still.
2: <laughs> Another thing to talk about, too, of course, uh, related to Trump and the various activities of the 2020 election is the fraudulent voter issues yeah. in Georgia in particular. Did you see that video, man? Yeah, they called on video some uh, volunteer workers going into the polling place into voting yeah. machines.
1: Well, there was a fake Trump elector that let some technicians come in.
2: Yeah, in Georgia and and there's already a Georgia probe going on against Trump because of right. course he told them to find the eleven thousand six hundred or whatever how many votes it was in the eleven thousand range for the election for his the state to swing in his direction for the electoral college count. Right. And so that that itself and then some of the calls he had made to Secretary of State and other offices in Georgia, in particular, yeah. spawned an investigation and the remarks that he made in the recorded right. phone calls right. that you can hear. Right. Um, so let's anywhere. not
1: let's not forget this is separate from yes. the document
2: stuff, and this is separate from the Mar-a-Lago stuff that we've been talking about, and right. also I think we've mentioned on the show before, as well as the tax charges that Trump pleaded the fifth to in New York. In New York. So that's so he's got three investigation. different investigations going actively right now against him, <laughs> on top of. All these other states, these swing states that haven't even really began their probes yet, such as perhaps Nevada, right. Arizona, right. Utah. I mean, I think I've heard shitter-chatter about perhaps uh, Wisconsin. Jesus. You know, so there, there could be other states at which you know there was alleged fraudulent activities.
1: Motherfuckers, time ain't slowing down. 2024 is coming quick. We got to do no. some shit.
2: <laughs> no. And I don't... Trump got his little wishes with the Mar-a-Lago stuff. He got a, a special master, a special master, but bullshit. But whatever. I don't, I don't know that that's going to change anything for him. You know, the, the the judge that actually okayed the search warrant on his property was a judge that he appointed. Right. Right. So you know, it's. Anybody that's going to see the facts and see what's going on here. And the special master, that whole thing's going to be delayed even more so now because that special master over the investigation has to actually get security clearances to actually even review the documents, the documents right. before proceedings start. Yeah. Was was it you
1: that was telling me that some of the documents were, um, was it foreign state nuclear, nuclear technology yeah. Yeah. capability or right. something? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And they
2: can't even... You know, even the FBI agents that were finding them didn't even have the clearance to look at the documents there. They had to get special clearance. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, insanity. it's unreal. Yeah, this is insanity. I mean, who? Kn- it's, it's clear that they were procured for personal gain. Right. right? Like right. With some right. intention, whether it's exploitation, whatever, you know, whatever, the espionage, however you want to paint it. At the end of the day, it's for personal gain for Trump. Right. Who knows? Maybe blackmail. The guy doesn't seem to be above it, quite frankly. He has romanticized tyrannical... Governments such as North Korea, uh, he's he's romanticized Putin in Russia. Yeah, he's talked honestly both sides out of his mouth about China. You know, he he tried to call COVID the China virus, and you know he's he went after the Chinese trade agreements that we right. had, and, right. and and so on and so forth. But you know, this is the same guy that was getting all of his made you know Make America Great Again paraphernalia made in China. Right, he buys Chinese steel. Well, his he daughter- buys Chinese granite. For all of his properties. His daughter's got big dealings in China. So, you know, again, just because he's talking it in the media here domestically doesn't mean that he's putting it in practice. Yeah. Yeah. Classic hypocrisy, right? Yeah. Trump 101. So in other current events, we got to talk and give some love to them cardinals, baby. Oh
1: my God. On one, aren't they? They are
2: slamming central right now. Uh, I think it's all looking, but sure that they're going to be in the playoffs and with decent standing. I think in the last week, MLB power rankings they are rated uh, number two, just behind Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. And which is really amazing because we, you know, have about half the payroll. Right. Right. They do.
1: Well, the thing I think the Cardinals have that the Dodgers don't though, is that that magic, you know what I mean? Like with it being Yachty and, um, and pools last season and with him chasing the 700 and then breaking records and there's just some magic you know there's that special magic going on in st louis
2: right now yaddy and wayno tied for the most battery appearances. 324 324 today today yeah Yeah. so they're gonna they're gonna be breaking that obviously they're gonna have at least another start for the years end. we got a good you know four weeks or less of baseball left here so of regular season baseball that is
1: who last appearance against the cubs man yeah i know what a bomb bro (laughs) I mean, deal. I'd like to
2: see him break 700 well before that, and in good chance that he will. But yeah. at the same time, just to see him do that, the... just to see him do it against the Cubs would be all the more bittersweet. But yeah. I'll take it for September 16th <laughs> specifically when I'm there. The Brewers, the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, is
1: it the Reds? I thought yeah, it was the I'm, Brewers. I'm pretty confident it's the Reds. End of season, man. that would be a hot game if yeah. it's the Brewers. Oh yeah. So I'm looking forward to
2: that. It's a first of a Friday night of a three game series, I think. You and the wife. Me and the wife. There you go, buddy. Yeah, I've got a I got a jam packed week coming ahead. I got uh, Saturday. I'm going to see Boris and Nothing. Oh, there you uh, go. This week. So Hell yeah. Nothing is you know kind of an alternative shoe games, uh, I guess elements of post rock and and post hardcore in some senses. Yeah. But Nothing is a Philadelphia band also. So there you go. You know, it'd be a nice transition in the slide today. Who we're talking to? Yeah. And they're from Philadelphia also, and it's got some shoegaze elements and some grunge gaze. Elements to their yeah. music. But uh, yeah, I've got a jam packed weekend. I got that going on Saturday. And then I get to go see Descendants and H2O at the pageant on Tuesday. Damn. And then I got the Cardinals game on Friday. So, fuck. My 35 year old ass will be one crotchety old man.
1: I don't have a lot of plans.
2: I think I'm just going to,
1: you know, do the dad thing this week.
2: Well, Sunday's <laughs> NFL kickoff, so, of course, that pairs nicely with our episode last week. And, you know, tonight's the first game, so we're going to be missing some of that. And uh, I've we'll be it on periodically checking in <laughs> checking in with that. We got some, some of our fantasy players are playing tonight, so we got to keep an eye on that. But I think most of us, if not all of us, are rooting for the Bills because we hate the Rams and not because of the players of the coaching stuff. strictly due to ownership and upper management. Steve Kroenke? yeah, Stan Cronky. Stan Cronky. Well, you might as well be a fucking Steve. Yeah, fucking yeah. piece of and shit. And Kevin Demoff. Yeah. is I, I don't know if he got elevated from vice president to just president and CEO of the, of the Rams, but Kevin Demoff's there. He was one of the guys that really fucked us. Yeah. Les Snead, the GM, is yeah. there, I believe, still yet. So they were all part of that contingency that moved them out of St. Louis. And uh, whenever we had the stadium and tax dollars... Ready there for them for the taking, and they totally denied us. So
1: they shit on St. Louis. That- it, it was a
2: coup. It was, it was a coup. It was uh, by the NFL owners. They all got in a meeting. Jerry Jones, Dan Snyder, of the more prominent people that were trying to get the, they do this basically this revenue sharing mm-hmm. thing in the NFL, and a lot of the guys were skimming. So Dan Snyder's in part of this whole investigation right now of the Washington Commanders, formerly Redskins. You know he's getting a whole investigation on him now. Because there's he's he was apparently taking some money off the top, and a lot of the owners are pissed off at him now. Oh shit! Yeah, so he's got this whole coup going against him now, and there's he's going to be forced to sell the team at some point. But yeah. they've got this whole email thing that's leaked, where it's I mean, it's it's where do I even start? <laughs> misconduct of personnel, employees, some harassment right. allegations. I think maybe some sexual sexual misconduct by some administrative people. Like it's why just, wouldn't there be? It doesn't stop. Tag that on. And and, and that actually kind of ties into, that's why Gruden got, well, he had quit, I guess, before he was fired. Resigned, of the yeah. yeah, of the Raiders. But some of those emails that surfed his communications that he was having with Bruce Allen, which Bruce Allen's the former GM of the Raiders and used to be really good friends with Gruden. He's the GM of the Washington Commanders. And uh, some of those emails leaked and some of the conversations that they were having that were seemingly borderline racist or at least racially insensitive some of the comments that were made definitely inappropriate probably yeah. no question <laughs> no question at all so yeah i think there's going to be a little bit more come come to light with all that but you know th- these this is i say that to say this that's the kind of company that they're keeping there up at the top in those ownership yeah. groups those teams that have the multi-billion dollar you know net worth franchises
1: yeah like jerry jones fuck that guy
2: which he i think we reported on our show that he ended up having like an illegitimate daughter (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know that we found out in the off season about and you know it's just the the stories don't end and then they won't end but
1: i hate the cowboys but not just because of jerry jones i just hate jerry jones because he's a fucking asshole
2: yeah I mean, I loved them in the 90s. They were one of my teams, but, you know, I was a kid. What did I know? Yeah. And I was huge into Deion oh, Sanders' dude. prime time, man. Yeah.
1: Sanders, um, Smith, fucking Troy, Troy Aikman. Eggman. Yeah. They were a dream team in the 90s. Michael Irvin. Yeah. 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 I mean, Lose, everybody. The fullback. Had a had a little hard on for the Cowboys back then because they were just unstoppable.
2: Yeah. They were great. And they had some great, great matchups even into the late 90s. But yeah, injuries and those sorts of things cut guys' careers short there. But, you know, they've got a, a pretty talented team nowadays and I don't have anything against the players. I just don't like Jerry Jones personally. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? Same just gonna, situation. Just yeah. I think that's gonna transition nicely into our conversation again today too. Again, once again, because one of your favorite teams, Philadelphia.
1: Hell yeah, the Eagles, so baby
2: I'm gonna be curious to find out if these slide guys are into in football the NFL at all and if they've been following Dude, the Philly Eagles. fans
1: are hardcore, so they are.
2: Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of, you know, fanatics and it's one of the best sports studies period philadelphia is and always has been <laughs> I think
1: they've got some of the most deadly sports well, riots in history too though. oh yeah
2: <laughs> i think they're a little bit more considered notorious if anything right you know right really right. the city of brotherly love but i think it's meant largely in tongue in cheek so yeah you know with that guys we're going to send you off and on the other side you're going to catch us with slide from philadelphia stick around
1: Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast 22 on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there.
2: Welcome everybody back to the ATI podcast. We are live with Slide from Ooh. Philadelphia where it's always sunny I hear. How accurate <laughs> <Sir>. is that? <laughs> yeah, so we're happy to have you guys on the show today. You know, I was telling you guys before we hopped on the call today, I actually found out about you guys uh, through Instagram of all things and uh, checked out your guys' music and, and really enjoyed it. You know, there's some some other bands that came to my mind immediately and hearing your and your guys' music. I don't know if they're necessarily influences, but anybody that's on the call today that hasn't checked these guys out yet. If you're fans of bands and this is my opinion so i don't mean this to be an insult if you guys aren't into this stuff but if you if you guys like nothing or gleamer or uh loath or any of those bands like you might like these guys so check them out for sure give them a chance and we're going to be playing one of their songs at the close of the show today too so you guys will get a chance to hear them so stick around for that as well uh but uh just to kind of get into it guys i just want to introduce you to our audience so Introduce yourselves if you don't mind for us.
3: I'm Peter. I'm the vocalist and rhythm guitarist, and I'm Justin. I'm the lead guitarist.
2: Very good. And how did you all meet? How did how did the band get together and that sort of thing?
3: We went to high school together. Uh, how we initially met. Uh, the drummer is my brother. Okay. Um, cool. And the bassist is like a childhood, long childhood friend. Um, so we've all known each other for a long, long time before this. Uh, But me and Justin have played in multiple bands together, mostly like hardcore and metal stuff. We have like a deathcore project going right now. That's cool. Um, But but yeah, we threw this together freshman year. We we just graduated from UArts. So we threw this together, went through multiple drummers, multiple bassists, um, utilizing the practice spaces there and stuff. Nothing worked out So we just got the Got the old friends Back together There you go And made it happen It's been working ever since
1: That's pretty similar To our situation I mean We're all high school friends And you know Played music together And in the scene together And stuff so
2: And funny enough How I started out In the music scene too Is I started out In a straight edge Hardcore band And Oh, and then went yeah. on to do other stuff. So, But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, so I got a lot of similarities there, uh, commonalities with you guys. Tell me a little bit about how you guys, you know, I know you guys are in the Philadelphia area, right? Mm-hmm. Have you guys lived there all your lives?
3: Uh, We're from South Jersey, so pretty oh, close. South Jersey. We're close. not far from home. Yeah, like oh, 10 gotcha. minutes outside of Philly we grew up. Okay. Yeah.
2: So what's the music scene like there, you know, coming up for you guys? Um, I mean, the scene's pretty
4: tight right now. Like... <clears throat> we luckily like our very first show we played with um i don't know if you know them but Doust because we went to school with them yeah UArts, and it's like we just kind of connected with all different bands in philly like there's a pretty solid scene going here I that's awesome. say, though.
2: yeah that's cool is it you know attracting particular genres or is everybody kind of getting their say and their opportunity and their 15 minutes in the sun if you will
4: um, i mean i think everyone's kind of doing their thing like it's there's not just like one sound dominating or anything like
2: that yeah well it's more of a metropolis so there's a little bit more of an opportunity yeah. i i could say for the st Louis area it's kind of went through phases you know um it kind of had what people considered emo in the 2000s which i wouldn't you know yeah. the 90s is what i would consider yeah. you know stuff like heat miser and Elliott smith and that type of stuff yeah. is mm-hmm. what i would but some of your warp tour hop topic bands of 2005-ish you know was kind of the popular thing in st Louis there for about 10 years and kind of dominated the scene but there's a lot of good heavier bands coming out of the St. Louis area in particular right now they've had a really pretty a strong heavy scene I know kind of the Philadelphia area too is kind of known for some of its hardcore and heavy music uh, as well oh, yeah. and uh, I'm kind of happy to hear just that some of, in some of your guys' influence but it does so doesn't surprise me and, and actually listening to your music you guys got a lot of you guys got a lot of steak with them taters that you're laying out <laughs> yeah, there yeah. <laughs> there's a good thickness to that sound yeah, and, uh, we, a lot of layers for
3: sure yeah we we listened and played nothing but hardcore for years so that definitely translates
2: yeah absolutely so what are some of your guys's influences would you say whether it's personally or even translating through the band specifically
4: like biggest influences would probably be like were uh slow crush uh star 59 my bloody
2: valentine Hell yeah! MBV, we were just baby. talking about that before yeah. we hopped on the call. a <laughs> <Yeah. For
4: laughs>
3: Couple sure. of those
1: bands. <laughs> How about you, Peter?
3: Definitely like nothing were Deftones. Um, yeah, stuff like that for sure. Like that, that like heavy but still pretty sounding shit.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: That yeah. like long drawn out like epic. Yeah. Like yeah, I love. Yeah, shit yeah like Deftones
2: that. is definitely yeah. some of our favorite. Uh, I mean, they've been doing it forever, and it's kind of
1: they're gods.
2: Oh yeah, Chino's the man for sure. And (laughs) and Carp on the guitar is insane. He's always creating a mood.
4: For
2: sure. So, you know, kinda you talked about some of you know, kinda the hardcore stuff is kinda what got you guys started. And I know you guys are really active in the scene. I see you guys are posting shows all the time, uh, right now. I know that Hate Five Six, I guess, recorded you guys. So yeah. like, that's a channel that I'm always religiously watching yeah, dude, on YouTube. that's awesome, shit, man. That's pretty dope.
1: That
3: was so sick. We we found out like ten minutes before we headed to the venue, <laughs> so like we like we we were practicing and shit, but like we weren't. If we knew we were about to have a Hate Five Six video, we would have had like four practices that week to right. like, really yeah. like Fine-tune set up some something shit. special. But, uh, cause that show was kind of, that, that show was up with all hardcore bands. So, and the night before that, they wanted us to play an hour at the Polish club. Uh, so we had a long set and then like a heavy set for the hardcore show. Um, so we, d- it was really short and sweet. I mean, I think it turned out good, but we weren't expecting that level of, uh, <laughs> that level yeah, of coverage. Fracture. Yeah. I, I did. watched so much of that shit forever, too. Like,
2: and, and that cat just uh, went on tour with Rage Against the Machine, man, documenting their shit.
3: I know. That's crazy. He's coming up.
2: I love it, man. Yeah. yeah you love it whenever, especially somebody you've been following, you know, like that that guy for us at a distance anyways, and you, you see them kind of start to get their flowers, their recognition and, and opportunities. Seriously. For sure. It makes it, I don't know, it's like kind of like they got the whole crew on their back in a way, you know?
3: They really do. They put so many bands on. Um he put himself on now he uses that to spread the love sick
2: yeah absolutely you know we talked a little bit about the scene in in philadelphia but in that surrounding area kind of where you guys are cutting your teeth mostly uh can you kind of talk about too how obviously covid impacted you know things for everybody philadelphia again being a little bit more of a metropolis in the in that surrounding area yeah like Uh, is it
1: still kind of hindering the music scene at all like right now yeah, yeah no no
3: it's totally chill yeah no no master i mean people still wear masks you know like people are extra cautious whatever but in general i feel like the shows it's constant shows and there's no capacity or anything they're chilling that's cool for sure
2: whenever i was doing a little bit of a deep dive on your guys's band camp and stuff and looking at all the releases that you had out on a timeline that is the oldest one that i could find on there was in, in 2020 is, is that accurate or have you guys been doing stuff prior to that
4: so the one, that's probably Swell from 2020. Yeah, that's right. And so before we were Slide, we were Slime, like with an M. Okay. So we yeah, dropped... we have a release from before COVID. <laughs> yeah. So we dropped like two EPs under that name. One of those was Swell. And okay. And we eventually decided to change the name, and we just changed the M to the D on the
3: <laughs> Yeah, we just changed <laughs> the Mark. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's an easy change. Yeah. Hey, that it works, man. man.
3: Yeah, it was a
2: i gotta ask you why the name slide is it to do with the philly slide the dance or
3: <laughs> it was it was partly a joke because of how similar it was because we okay so i gotta explain why it was slime in the first place because that okay. sounds weird out of context um slime we, we just we were freshmen at uarts and we wanted to do like a kind of a quirky alternative band like if you listen to that ep it's called spring tape Mm-hmm. by Slime it's on streaming and stuff it's like a, more like a Smashing Pumpkins like more Joyce Manor kind of okay. kind of vibe so when we did Swell we wanted to take it in like a heavier more serious direction um, gotcha and so we are looking for a slide. I don't, I don't know exactly what the meaning of it would be if it really came down to it. <laughs> um, it was really because the M and the D, and then we just really liked the ring to it, so we kept it.
1: <laughs> hey, that's a cool story, too, though. You know?
2: Hey, that that's fine, man, as long as it works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering if it had anything to do with the Philly slide, which is eerily similar to many other line dances. But, uh, it is. I we got thought, the
1: electric slide here.
2: Yeah, the electric similar. slide, I guess, is what's kind of famous around this. Area, but it's the same thing, you yeah, know, yeah, essentially. So, what's kind of like the resurgence, the bounce back? You know, I, I obviously during COVID things were limited for everybody to some extent, but yeah, you know, did you guys see right away was it hard even to get on tickets because of the pent up demand, or you know, were, were, did you have a lot of opportunities right out the gate as things started to open up? We
3: really lucked out, like it, like when we got our first show with Dows, too, like Justin said, went to our school, so we knew them personally. They have a lot of cloud in our scene. Like they're they're a sick band. They bring out a lot of people and shit. Um, and when we dropped that EP, they've reached out and we're just like, yo, are you trying to play October twenty eighth? Like shit was just kind of opening up when that happened. Um, so that was just sick. Like we had a couple, like two three months. We hadn't seen any of each other for like the majority of the pandemic. Yeah. And stuff like that. But um, when that shit happened, yeah, they just put us on. Um, when they didn't have to and that was sick. We're eternally grateful to them for sure.
1: Heck yeah.
2: Yeah, that's it's always awesome whenever there's other bands out there that are, you know, willing to pull people up with them as well. And uh that's something that I feel like our scene around here has fostered quite a bit. And I'm happy to hear it's going on in other places, too, in other metropolises as well. Yeah, We're, We are about 65 miles south of St. Louis, so most of our doings is in the St. Louis area for us. The greater St. Louis area, yeah. is, I guess is what they would call right, it. <laughs> for sure. But uh, it kind of encompasses multiple places, kind of in our network. But I know Philly's a lot closer to you know, many other places. You know, as you already mentioned, kind of the Jersey area. It's not too far from several other metropolises. You know, have, have you guys really gotten into any other scenes outside of the Philly area?
3: Uh, we have two shows coming up. Yeah, um, we got one in Brooklyn.
2: Okay.
4: Hell yeah. In, is that in November?
2: Is yeah,
3: it the same November vitus? 12th. Uh, I think at, it's, it's like Golden Gold. Sounds or okay. something. Golden Sounds. Yeah. Uh, and then we have one in Harrisburg uh, on the 20s, October twenty October 22nd, I think. I'm sorry. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <It's> all good.
1: <laughs> I, yeah oh, we'll get it all cool right and we'll, we'll post it for you boys so yeah <laughs> word word thank you <laughs> yeah absolutely
2: we got some friends that are in some touring acts right now excuse me um, we have a, a friend and uh, they're getting ready to do a European tour but I know they just played out on the east coast they hit up Philadelphia I don't remember what venue but St. Vitus is kind of a notorious venue in Brooklyn and especially if you like heavy music you know that
3: I've definitely heard of it
2: yeah it's definitely a place if you guys get the opportunity to yeah. to it's got an insane scene it's it's of the best like especially in and heavier music scene to if Hell you get yeah. the opportunity for sure every show's packed out they had amazing sound and uh, i think it's kind of like unassuming whenever you go into the venue it seems like you know really chill and kind of i don't want to say low budget per se but you know just very non to script. yeah but yeah, they yeah. pack the place out dude and, and they got great sound guys there and stuff so
3: yeah we've never i've never been to brooklyn i don't think even in my regular life so it's going to be interesting getting out there at all to play
2: yeah, I yeah. can imagine.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome, man. Like, I'm just a small, small town farm boy, so for me <laughs> yeah. to like you even <laughs> think about playing in Brooklyn would be insane to me. So that's that's pretty incredible for me. I think it's awesome. <laughs> hell, yeah, hell yeah.
2: So some of the first stuff I mentioned earlier that I came across of your guys's was the swell single. It was dated for November 2020, excuse me. And then I guess after that was that the Once EP that you guys did in the fall of 2021.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, that shit. That shit came together pretty organically I feel like like we've been recording like so many demos of different songs um, s- there was so many songs like yeah. over like a two year period and we kind of just like just chose the best of those um, and released a new we kind of wanted to shift the sound just like a little more shoegazy after the swell EP so um, we kind of used that as like the vehicle to get us to be into the LP zone
2: <laughs> yeah, I did notice a little bit of a shift musically, but again, a little bit more into the shoegazy thing Things a little bit yeah. more atmospheric where you can get a little bit lost in the sauce if you will
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure
2: <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, dude, I love what you guys are doing And of course, after that, you've got the pool LP that just came out this summer, right, in July?
3: Yep Yeah, that was sick we, uh, I interned with Jeff Siegler who uh ended up mixing and mastering that um he recorded like the guilty of everything album okay um and like tons of other sick acts um and i entered him as part of my senior project so i asked him expecting nothing and he like gave me a great deal um that's awesome and he made it he made it work it was sick
2: yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm a big Nothing fan. In fact, I get to go see them uh, in St. Louis on Saturday with Boris. Oh hell yeah! They're touring right now, and I've always I've loved Boris uh, for a long time. You know, Feedbacker and and the Pink album and all that stuff back in the day. And in fact, actually, I got my my Nothing and Integrity crossover shirt for whenever they did the Splitsville. Hell yeah! So- <laughs> on yeah that's I uh, fucking love nothing they're, they're one of the best out there I think for real yeah and that album in particular that Jeff did is is great as well and I was going to ask you too kind of behind the recording progress is that is that the first opportunity you got to record with him was this LP that you guys did
3: we recorded everything ourselves um, but he makes him gotcha. it I, gotcha. I don't think we could have afforded the full treatment but but, uh, but yeah we tracked everything ourselves I tracked vocals though at his studio Um how was that? That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. That was it was nerve wracking. And I mean on mirrors there was a there was we tried to do it fit into two days. Uh and everything was going so smooth. Everything was going so smooth. And on the last day, the last song we did was Mirrors and I just couldn't do it. Like I had just gotten over COVID. I don't know if that like my throat was giving out. Even I mean I sing quietly. So I'm sitting in there just frustrated, like my voice is going out, it's getting graspy, I can't stay on time. So we just left, uh, and I came back to do that song again like a week later, and we got it. But other than that, it was so smooth.
2: Yeah, you, you got to do it in some of those instances. It's just your voice will give out sometimes at the most inopportune times. I know how that goes. And I would yeah. imagine you had to have, even if it wasn't very you know evident, had to have some complications from having had COVID too, you know, a lot of people oh, didn't yeah. have their lung capacity and that sort of thing, regardless of how fit or healthy you were.
3: Yeah, for real. It was hard.
2: A pool LP, you guys have got eight tracks on there. And uh, of course it, it starts out with repeat, which folks are going to be hearing today at the close of the show. How about the sound process? How collaborative is it? You know, is there some, is it you two guys pretty primarily writing stuff?
3: Yeah, it's primarily us. Um, we usually just send each other skeletons of songs Um, you know, that are ranging from like 50 to like 90% done, and then we figure out the best way to make it happen after that. Um, as far as the vocals, I just sit down with it on. I usually just get a demo tracking with my SM58 and, um, you know... I, I I didn't even expect to be recording the vocals with Jeff, so imagine an SM58 versus like I don't even know what he used. <laughs> it was it was something that he didn't let me set up. So because I oh. entered there I'm like you want me to set it up, he's like you can't touch this one. I'm like all <laughs> right. I'm like oh shit.
2: <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, going forward, you think that you guys are going to continue to revisit that well and use them to mix and master? Are you guys going to try something different in the future, or what are your thoughts there?
3: I just texted him saying like the reception's been great and thanking him again um and he said he'd want to do another record if we want to work with him again Very nice. so hell yeah we definitely have to get up the money um i the the payment was a graduation present from my parents so uh we gotta rack up some band funds before we go
1: back to them but uh yeah well them shirts you guys are selling are freaking dope we were checking them out yeah we were checking right, out those here. long sleeves yeah. i like
2: that design man it's kind of in that wheelhouse of kind of some of the hardcore designs and stuff too so that's yeah. i'm always down with that
1: hell yeah yeah that was sweet
2: and can't go wrong with a long sleeve especially on the east coast right up in the northeast <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> about to be that season now Absolutely. Being in philly i gotta ask you boys like i'm a big philadelphia eagles fan i have been my whole life are you guys like into sports at all
4: we're we're sixers guys we're Sixers that's guys. Okay. i don't watch
3: hey. too much football I, I am gonna watch this season though yeah I am I want to see the Eagles win Heck yeah man They could I watched the Super Bowl they won That was like a magical experience Oh yeah Um but I've, I don't think I've ever watched a full regular season of football, but we're bored as hell, so we're about to watch this. Hell yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. Fly yeah. Eagles fly, yeah. They got a really athletic yeah. team this
2: year. We we're kind of football nerds, too, and that's you know some of me and Josh's earliest kind of bonding and stuff was kind of over football and shit like that, playing the Madden games back in the day when they were hot and heavy. I mean, I guess they still are, but I haven't been doing it as much. The new
3: Madden game is what... New Madden game is what convinced me to watch this season. been <laughs> nice. a couple rounds. I'm like, I gotta watch this shit live.
1: <laughs> well, they have got a pretty spectacular team too. Like Jalen Hurts is yeah, he's he's one to watch, man. He he's he's incredible. So should be yeah, a good season.
2: Absolutely, and they got some a good receiving core yeah. as well. So I think they're going to be a pretty prolific offense this year. They were you were already starting to see shades of that last year, but. But, yeah, I'm a Sixers fan, too, man. You can't go wrong with Embiid, man. He's he's a boss. I know. He's a legend. Absolutely. (laughs) Philly go. Absolutely. When I think
1: Philly, man, I just think of Philly fans, sports fans, man. That's what I think of. Oh yeah, well yeah, and the infamy
2: that goes with Philly Philly sports fans for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like some of the what I mean, what when was the, there was one that was really like didn't they have, like riot or something after something? It was like a really big one in Philly. I'm trying to think of what it was.
3: After the, I mean, after the Super Bowl win, it was like riots in the streets. People were flipping cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was maybe yeah. that was yeah. it. Maybe that was That's it. Crazy, yeah, man. wild. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird though. I don't know. We went to a lot of Sixers games last season and it's I don't know if it was covid or what happened, but people have calmed down. It's not as <laughs> really? it's not as serious like. Yeah. I mean, people are super supportive and excited, but it's not, you know, there's not too much wild shit going on. I'm sure, though, if we won the Super Bowl again, it would be the same exact thing, for sure. A
2: lot has changed, too, with, like, ticket sale uh, vendors and stuff, with, like, personal conduct policies and stuff, too, I know. Like, I feel like I saw, like, televised in NBA, what, like the few NBA games that I watched this past season. Like, people actually being thrown out of games, which is odd. It's not something that you're accustomed to seeing at NBA <laughs> games. But like, I think LeBron specifically had some people thrown out a couple times. that was talking shit on them, you know? <laughs>
4: Yeah, the yeah, last Sixers sure. game I went to, they had, like, papers on every seat that were, like, all the fans need to behave themselves. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, <was, laughs> it was, like, after, like, I think someone threw popcorn on, like, Russell Westbrook or something.
1: Uh, I believe <laughs> <it>. They're like, <laughs> all right, fans, don't fuck <laughs> this up. We're going to have a good I night mean, tonight. I
2: mean, he is a pretty hateable guy sometimes, so he <laughs> you know, he's he kind of asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Shoegaze music in and of itself is pretty legendary for effects. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but uh, let's talk about some of your pedal setups and your rigs and that sort of stuff. I like to nerd out on that shit. I think I saw, a Peter, uh, Peter a video of you somewhere on social media where you were like kind of showing off your pedal board and saying, like, oh, this makes yeah, yeah, the noise yeah, yeah. and this there." That. that. So let's talk about <laughs> what you guys got on your rigs.
3: So the, the foundation of, of both of our rigs is... The uh, the Mustang GTX one hundred and everyone should get one. It's it, it's a it's a Fender amp. It's not it's not kosher. It's it's not uh. It doesn't have tubes, but it's a hundred watts solid state and it has outputs. So like you can go straight into the into the board and whatnot. And what it does is you can change the cab in the head like it's a amp modeller, um, so. Like all of our different tones, like my clean tones are out of a different amp, and my distorted tones are out of this amp, so you can really dial in basically any tone you can imagine. Right. That's cool. Um, into these things. And then on top of that, as far as my pedal board goes, I got a Hall of Fame two. I got a uh, Collision Devices Black Hole, which is like my shit that I like on only with the like the noisy shit yeah. that I I can modulate, other than that, just volume pedal. I use a vocal pedal live, um, to use like reverb and shit. Okay. And, and then everything else is on my amp. Like you can put like five different pedals on each preset, like in the phone app for the amp. So it's like, I know it's kind of like taboo for the shoegaze scene, which is all about gear, but yeah, it sounds good. But
2: Things have come s- so far along with uh, solid state in particular, even, you know, and the technology and everything, like really anymore, it's, it's, I don't want to say like a necessary evil because it gives us some kind of negative connotation. But, uh, you know, definitely, you know, nothing to be shy about there because, you know, especially whenever you're running, a, like if you need to like run a humble rig and not carry out a bunch of pedals and have a bunch of fail points and all that stuff. You know, I've seen people really get themselves in some trouble.
3: Our pedal boards would be like 200 pounds if, if we didn't have all that <laughs> shit on the amp. Right. Like, <laughs> crazy. like, it
4: really Oh yeah, yeah. So I basically, I think I have the JHS Bonsai, which is basically like a tube screamer modeler. And then I have um, like the TC Hall of Fame, which is pretty nice for my reverb. It's kind of like my always on reverb, basically. And then got the, the Russian Big Muff, like the Sovtek Deluxe. Hell yeah. And then after that... Uh, oh, after that, I have this other—it's a cool, like, half reverb, half delay pedal called the Source Audio Collider, right on. which is it's how I get like the—I like the really big, like, lead sounds, like really big, washed-out sounds. And then the last thing is just like a what's it called—the TC Flashback, which is just another delay pedal. And then I'm obviously running into a bunch of reverbs and delays on the amp.
2: Do you approach guitar in a similar way, uh, Justin, where you've got some presets already set up too through the amp itself? You got a couple different effects running there?
4: Yeah, like I basically, everything is like four or five different presets pretty much that I just go in between. And then I'll make small adjustments on like the board.
2: Are you running a Mustang too for a head?
4: Yeah, the Mustang as well.
2: So what's, what's your bass player running?
3: Uh, it's like a pedal board. It's, it's really like a cheap setup because I had, oh, it's a, it's a whole, I'm not going to get into the story of our last <laughs> basses, okay. but, um, but, uh, I bought just like some cheap pedals to set them up because we had none. We have a, oh, what is it? It's like a. What is the bass head we have? I could never remember. Oh, it's like
4: a hard key. It's
3: a hard key super, super bass, okay. I think, or something like that. And it sounds decent, but it needed like compression and stuff like that. Gotcha. Like limiting and stuff. Um, so we set up the, the best thing on there is the Boss Bass Limiter, which is amazing. It's a limiter and enhancer. Um, I don't know exactly what it does, but it sounds amazing. It limited in a, in and it then, enhances it.
2: Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all in the name. Yeah.
3: And there's a uh, guitar pedal as distortion. Um, and then we run a line splitter to uh, keep the low end and then use the distortion over top to kind of fill out.
2: Well, that's that's just, again, adding, adding to those layers that uh, are, are necessary kind of in that genre that you guys are playing yeah, into sure. for sure so we talked we talked a little bit about the hate five six stuff too i guess a follow-up i missed on earlier how did that come about i know you said that you got a call about 10 minutes before but uh, you know like were they just looking for a venue to shoot some stuff or were they there for another band and you just got kind of looped in or do you guys really know the story behind that
4: like they were always come, like i i've since looked back at the post where they announced it and it's in the caption that hey, oh, five, six. We we oh we just never noticed oh so like, okay yeah so we found out late but i didn't know that till right now (laughs) yeah but they were they were there to i guess film snuffed either way
3: yeah they shoot snuffed a lot um and he's from philly so he's probably just in town it was convenient
2: yeah i noticed that they kind of bounce around to specific venues as well kind of like i think it's uh i want to say first unitarian church is one of the venues or some name similar
3: to that i saw a lot of good shows there (laughs)
2: <laughs> Which looks like a pretty dope place. I obviously it guess is. it's a current church or former church.
3: Uh yeah. I don't know if it, it, it might be active, but yeah, I've only been there for like hardcore shows, so <laughs> definitely didn't seem yeah. active when I was there. But yeah, that place is sick.
2: I think just about every performance I've seen there has been a hardcore band with the exception of... I think I saw they did a Bayside taping there. Oh, Bayside played there? I know that Hate 5-6 did a Bayside one, but I thought it was at that venue.
3: I saw Tidal Fight there too. I guess they're hardcore. They're considered hardcore, but yeah.
2: So what else you guys got the works beyond? I know the album's, you know, here recent. You guys got some shows coming up. We're
3: kind of taking a break from writing it. I mean, we have full songs already written, but... <laughs> People are people are telling us to push the EP, or I mean to push the LP off and like use the EP as like a device for like a year, mm-hmm. like let that get known um, before we drop the LP. But we just wanted to drop it so bad. Like we had the songs, yeah. We're in love with them. Like we have to drop it. So uh, we dropped it, and now we're like maybe we should heed some of that de- advice and like. Wait at least a little bit before dropping again, so the tension can stay sure. on that. Yeah.
2: so you guys find you know so- songs that come in naturally pretty quickly? You know, as far as your catalog is concerned, like you guys don't really have too much of a a writer's block, if you will, that plagues you too hard or anything.
3: If it doesn't come natural, I usually don't even lay it down. I yeah, very like, That's yeah, a good approach. I in
2: the mood. Do you guys find inspirations from things other than just like, you know, other music that you listen to? You know, uh, I know like sometimes like a really good movie or a TV show can inspire me to like write something, whether it's not necessarily just lyrics per se, but even you know, musically, I find myself inspired by other things. Is there anything like that for you guys?
3: For me, honestly, the most inspiring thing is that I'm looking for new music in like the metal genre or, or a shoegaze genre. And I can't find anything I like, and then I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try and write exactly what I want to hear. Like, most of my inspiration comes from that. To be that's honest, actually a but. really
1: good approach, though, because then you're trying to create sounds that, you know, that I can't find. Right? right exactly. But, right. right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. How about you? How for? How about for you, Justin? Anything? Any different?
4: Um, as far as like non-music influences, they mostly come through like. Like, during our live shows, we'll play samples in between songs, and, like, usually when I'm making those samples, I'll sample, like, either, like, some some monologue from a movie or, like, some weird little thing from the score. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like one of the samples we pl- play, like, in between songs is from Eraserhead, because that has, like, a Hell really yeah. cool, weird score to it. Absolutely. And then there's, a, there's other ones that I can't really remember at the moment, but...
2: David Lynch, one of the all-time great directors, my man. You can't go wrong with him. hardcore (laughs) band I was in previously rewrote a song about Frank Booth from uh, Blue Velvet. So that was the Dennis Hopper character that was sucking on ether. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you can't go wrong with David Lynch. He's one of the best directors. I'm a big Cronenberg fan myself. Kind of similar school of thought, Canadian director. I don't know if you guys have ever checked out any of his movies.
4: Yeah, I know.
2: Yeah, he's, he's dope too. And he's got some pretty fantastic soundtracks to some of his movies another big influence that i know that you know myself and some other bands have had in the past is like comic books or comic book writers or art some of the things that i was noticing too about your guys's album artwork in particular you know are you guys creating that yourselves are you guys seeking out another party to do some graphic design for you guys i always i always like to hear what band stories are behind their album art
3: this this recent album art was a was a serious process at one point we thought we wanted to use a distorted picture of my two dogs Um, because they look so cute. They're, like, sleeping on each other's necks, like, going over like that. And we were just sitting there, and I was just cutting out, like, every little detail. It took so long, and then it looked terrible. It looked terrible. We were like, oh, no. Like, we... So we just really were going through pictures and whatnot, like pictures, and it's actually pictures of the sky that I took off my roof. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, of, like, I guess chemtrails or whatever they are, like contrails. <laughs> not chemtrails, yeah. con- they, trails, could chemtrails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they could, could be chemtrails. They could be, who knows? But, yeah. Careful harps
2: out there. They're yeah. listening right now. They're going to come <laughs> put the kibosh on you and start flagging the music.
5: <laughs>
2: um. <Yeah. laughs> you know, with you guys being a part of the shoegaze scene too, uh, are there other bands? that people should you know check out is there anybody else you guys can shout out that you guys have been kind of roughing it with and cutting your teeth with out there and your scene in particular
3: definitely daydreamer there are homies from UArts. they've kind of like a title fight like hardcore but singing type vibe like high energy super heavy Very doused cool. for sure mm-hmm. um all under heaven they're they're my homies from way back in the day. Um, they're in a hardcore band called Shackled. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're uh, I... it's like the same lineup, but it's like kind of a more melodic, gazy situation. Tagabo for sure. They're getting a body of water. Definitely
4: uh, high for sure. We met them a few weeks ago.
2: Okay.
3: They keep putting us on.
2: So what's a what's a tour possibility looking like for you for y'all?
3: Well, our drummer's still a senior in college. Um, we're definitely looking at the possibility of doing runs, but I don't know about a tour. Um, just because we we just graduated. We don't have jobs yet. Right? <laughs> so trying to, We're oh, yeah. still trying to figure out <laughs> what's going on in Philly before. But you know, we're trying to play like slightly out of state shows, um, just to sort of you know spread expand up. that exposure. For sure. Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, if you guys ever want to come to St. Louis, I'm sure. Yeah, we
2: can, we we can, can hook you guys up if you start making it out west, for sure. We got hell a few yeah. different my connections aunt, out here.
1: My aunt
3: lives in St. Louis, so I'll take you off on that if I'm ever out there.
2: Uh, hell oh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, we got a buddy who used to do a lot in the scene out here. He actually ran his own uh, distro for a little while. It was called Error Records, and he he moved out to the East Coast, Asheville, oh, which okay. apparently is okay, like right. one of the, yeah, it's like one of the biggest developing cities right now in all the United States of America. But uh, he's actually a part of a uh, I guess I would call him post punk band, it's, uh, Secret Shame, and they've done a lot of uh, tours with like Vision Video, which is another band that's kind of blowing up right now. And uh, he's often putting on a lot of shows and stuff. But he's also in a uh, death metal band on the side as well harsh realm and he uh-huh, does some yeah. like uh, distro type stuff but he's been around in the scene for a while but he would be another good connection for you guys if you guys start getting oh, out yeah. and playing i'm sure sh- i'm sure he'd love your guys's music i've been friends with him for a long time and uh, so it. if you guys get out there and, and start needing some dates or something don't don't be afraid to hit us up we've, we've got a few connections here and there
3: good looks for real
2: you know, the other thing i got to ask you guys, guys about, too, and I didn't mean to jump the shark too hard. You know, what what initially got you guys into playing music individually? And, and we can start with you, Justin. I see Peter's taking a drink there. so. <laughs>
4: um, playing music originally, I guess I started playing guitar when I was, like, 16. I was really into, like, King Cruel's music at the time, which is, like Awesome. Kind of, like, jazzy guitar. Oh, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, man. I, yeah, I mean, I started off learning his songs, and then eventually... My, my taste expanded to include like shoegaze and like other heavier music and then just started hanging with peter we started making music hell yeah that's awesome
2: how about you peter when when did you get started and what kind of inspired you to get started playing music
4: uh
3: i was just my dad got me into like mad just metallica corn all all of like just super heavy shit uh so i got a guitar at like 12 and then i just i really never stopped I just kept fucking playing, playing. Um, I I didn't really get passionate about it until I started writing music. So, like, you know, practicing felt like a chore and whatnot when I'm, like, fucking 11, 12. Like, I don't want to do that shit. I want to just be soloing. Right, right. My, like, on a stage already. So, um, but yeah, eventually I got a teacher who, like, taught me how to write music and stuff like that instead of just, like, you know, different scales and whatnot, and that just changed my life, like, for real.
2: You know, I can definitely remember a time where I had a very similar mindset where I was really interested in just like, okay, I want to get up here and I want to rip a solo and I just like want to impress people, you know, like I didn't, yeah. it, it really, the passion came whenever I started having appreciating for, uh, appreciation for songwriting yeah. and, and the yeah. art behind it and, you know, just all the elements that go into it. And, and you know, sometimes people try to make it more complicated than what it is. You know, it's just, does it sound good? It Does it pass the ear test? Does it make you feel good whenever you're playing it or listening to it back yourself? Would you be a fan of what you're writing? You know, it really is that simple and and it takes people forever to figure that out sometimes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. For
2: real. My influences whenever I started out was, you know, kind of similar to some of the ones that that you mentioned, Peter, it's kind of like whatever you're exposed to. I think we might have a few years on you guys, but you know, it was even harder back in the day for us, especially being in a rural area. Like we grew up in (laughs) Uh, like our exposure to stuff was like, terrestrial radio mainly, you know and like you know we had like 56k modem like once we finally got into like middle school yeah you know so it was it was a little hard to get that exposure i actually didn't find myself finding a lot of these bands that we've been talking about today until like i was nearly graduated from high school just starting to be introduced to them you know right
1: Yeah, The internet definitely broke open the exposure for me Right, and it's it's hard to not think
2: of it In that that concept nowadays You know, how did you guys discover Some of the bands that you're more intimately into now Uh, Was it through the internet Or recommendations of other bands going to shows How did that pan out for you guys
3: Nothing's downward years to come Uh, I found on Bandcamp When I was just looking at Philadelphia Like I was doing the Philadelphia tag Just going through when I was like maybe, like, 13 or something, it j- had just dropped. Um, and I listened to that, and it just blew my mind. So, the, really, like, the internet... i never heard shoegaze or anything before I heard that, and I heard it, and I it was just on repeat. I couldn't even understand what was going on. I just yeah. knew I loved
2: it. Yeah.
4: But uh, it was completely random. Um, uh, yeah, like, same here, pretty much. Like, I just find a lot of stuff through like reddit or like facebook or yeah like kind of just randomly
2: yeah yeah reddit is a great resource i, I oh, didn't yeah. overlook that one earlier either and i actually stumbled upon the subreddit where you guys had posted your album uh and oh, yeah. you guys had put your, put up on the under the gaze thread as well you yeah, know, I think I kind of myself came into shoegaze oddly enough it was probably the Sofia Coppola movie Lost in Translation with Scarlett Johansson is when I first heard My Bloody Valentine I was like what is this you know sometimes was played prominently in that movie I mean, I probably heard shoegaze before that, but that's definitely the band that got me into the genre. And to do a further deeper dive was My Bloody Valentine, and and they're still doing it today, even though you know there's a few years between releases, or releases, excuse me. But yeah, they, they're absolute pioneers in the field, and and that sound, man, is just way ahead of its time.
3: Seriously, seriously.
2: You know, when it comes to formulating your guys's music, is there really a I don't want to say sound ridiculous but I'm just going to use this comparison like is there a real chemistry that you guys put behind it in the sense that we need to layer it with the with these approaches and these sounds or are you guys just sit, you know just approaching it with the bare bones okay this is the song idea that I have and then maybe even stumbling upon you know a lead here and what have you
4: like <laughs> like we kind of just have like a similar vision for everything so like, stuff kind of comes together. You guys kind of play off each
1: other.
2: like Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: You guys
2: yeah. don't got to get out the <laughs> smart board and start working in a corner or anything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, like, do something with this. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, it'll
3: be... And it's also just, like... Uh, usually everything's demoed out, and a lot of the writing takes place in the DAW um, in terms of, like, you know, changing drum beats on MIDI or, like, changing... Uh, lead risks, et cetera. So like the, I would say, uh, like use, like actually in the record, the demo recording process is where most of like the final decisions are made. I gotcha. Um,
2: I think that that's something that's become more commonplace in music over the years. I know like, again, a lot of it has to do with advancements of technology and access to software and that sort of stuff. You know, nowadays you buy an iPhone, you buy a, a Mac, you buy, um, you know, an iPad, and they all have got Garage Band on them, and you can you can record some or demo in some degree, whereas you know, f- 15 years ago, that wasn't as readily accessible on a lot of devices, or right. maybe even I got to go back about 20 years or so now, but uh, it really has you know the progression of technology made it much easier for bands, even in situations like you know, COVID is a decent example to use, but bands were still able to write or collaborate or share ideas. Uh, in a little bit more easier sense, you know, or sh- sharing that live file. Let's say you got a Dropbox set up and you're using the same recording software so you guys can update that file going back and forth, you know, and, and use the, use technology to your advantage in the, the songwriting effort. Do you guys find yourselves utilizing technology quite a bit?
3: Yeah, and I remember, I mean, I've been recording demos for so long that I remember when it wasn't that accessible where you had to download some torrented, Version of some fruity loops like, next... or Ableton. Yeah, or... yeah. <laughs> and I was using Reason and all types of things like uh, with with like you know tons of bugs and whatnot because they because right. they weren't legitimate. Right. right. Um, but now, yeah, I mean Logic's like two hundred dollars, and I do everything in there now. Like I love, I absolutely love it. Um, he uses Ableton, but we just send each other stems usually. Um, instead of project files, we'll just send stuff like record over this, and then he sends me back the stems or whatever, and I can get it mixed together.
2: Hell yeah, it's amazing. Like you know, the, in the time that I've started recording, tracking myself, just kind of see how technology has progressed and it's things have just become way more musician friendly and creative. You know, uh, friendly to creatives such as yourselves. Yeah, you know, so sure. I, I'm happy to see it, guys, and I'm I'm loving what you guys are doing. Absolutely. And as we said Thanks. before, we're definitely going to be pumping your guys' stuff. Uh, we did a little bit of build-up to the show today, but we got a couple different things going on. We've got uh, a social media presence, not only on Instagram, but we've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. we got a Facebook group that we usually invite our alumni to and uh, like to keep folks connected there, too. So we'll be sharing your guys' stuff there as well as uh, news about future releases. We'll, we'll keep tabs on you guys and keep sharing your stuff. So hopefully we can guys get you a little bit of exposure outside of, of what you are now. And Hell
3: yeah thank
2: you it's our pleasure man and uh, we we love helping out bands thanks
3: for having us for real
2: we know how hard it is to get out there and, and do the grind but I'm happy to see you guys putting in the work you guys look like you're having fun in your videos yeah man looks like you guys are having a good crowd response fuck yeah keep churning it out guys
1: yeah and congratulations on just graduating and good luck on finding jobs and getting your life situated thank you
2: thank you and we'll be happy to have you guys back on if you guys got anything else remember st louis for sure for sure take care boys all right guys take care thanks for your time this is barrett from the ati podcast each week josh and i discuss current events pop culture music tv movies politics sports nothing is out of bounds You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick and mortar mom and pop shop, we will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support, and as always, please stay safe out there. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Thanks for sticking around after the break. Slide, what cool dudes. Yeah, dude, great dudes. For sure. Great dudes. We're really looking forward to sharing their music with you guys. Again, as we said here at the end of the episode, we're going to have a repeat for you guys to listen to. Please stick around to check it out. If you like what you hear, go check them out. They've got Bandcamp. They are on Spotify, Apple Music. They're everywhere. YouTube videos out there. Yeah. Be looking forward to that Hate 5-6 full extended set drop. So if you guys actually follow the Hate 5-6 YouTube page, look forward to perhaps them revealing a little bit more of that. I know they put up a snippet on their Instagram, they being Slide. Yeah. Slide has a snippet of their Hate 5-6 set list that they did. And it's really exciting to hear about the, a lot of things that they got in the works. They just had this full length come out in July of this year. So it's only a couple months old.
1: And these guys are young, man. These guys are going to be really yeah. good musicians. Give them 10 years. I mean, they already are, but I'm saying they're going to be really good. Right. Give them
2: 10 right. years. So, And they've got quite the catalog already. Uh, as we detailed in our conversation with them some singles some eps as well as the full length that they just did this summer and i i again if, if you like alternative music grunge shoegaze indie heavy even i would even say I like even doomish say
1: like even if you're into like alternative and you haven't really really stretched out and checked out a lot of stuff check these guys out
2: i think that their sound translates to a lot of different genres yeah and appeals to a lot of different fans. So I think that there's something there to like for everybody. Yeah. And uh, just give them a chance, just like anything else. You know, that's what the show's about is exposing people to new things.
1: Yeah. It was cool to have a, you know, I know we do a local, the local thing quite a bit, but right. it was cool, you know, to get a national, you know, somebody from a different city on and yeah. expose them to everybody. So. Especially
2: Philadelphia, East Coast. Oh, hell yeah. You know, it's kind of an area that we haven't talked to a lot of people out of. That's in
1: like the Holy Land for yeah, a I mean, lot of Northeast. the music that we're into, man. Yeah, a lot of heavy music
2: comes out of the Philadelphia area, New York area, Boston area, yeah. so yeah. it's nice. It's kind of the triad up there, and it's nice to actually, again, kind of tap into somebody that's a little bit more on the pulse yeah. of what's going on there. Yeah. So, slide from Philly. Be sure to check them out. Let's talk about what we got going on next week. Next week, we got our old buddy, Joey Rackovan. We've mentioned it before on the show and talking about the upcoming agenda. Joey's going to be an important guest in, in many different reasons. Joey, a lot of our formative years of friendship, again, he was kind of around for a lot of that. He was in Dress for a Funeral. As so we saying, talked about Joey on yeah. Brad's episode. We talk, we've talked about Joey.
1: He's connected yeah. to a lot of our guests.
2: Absolutely. And Joey is... Perhaps the most intelligent person that I personally know. Dude, He's in the, the shit. conversation. Yeah, knows, the knows shit. a lot about music history. Well read.
1: Excellent musician.
2: Excellent musician himself, yeah. by all accounts, and just came back from Greece. Yeah. So I'm lucky looking bastard. forward to pick his brain about some of his experiences. I know he did a Grecian cruise, but I know he had some opportunities to check out some more historic and. And noteworthy areas. Dude, I would I would,
1: I would, would totally do that in a heartbeat if I had Absolutely. the means. Absolutely. So good we'll, for Joey.
2: We'll talk a little music. We'll talk a little bit like good memories with him, trips down memory lane, and we'll talk about his recent experiences in Greece. And then after that, we've got Jason from Storm Ruler and Bastard coming back. Hell yeah. So we've got Jason Asbury. He's our first technical repeat guest. If uh, I don't really include Ridge and and uh, Brandon in that conversation, because <laughs> we just kind of consider them a part of the collective, they're yeah, frequent yeah. collaborators with us. So, yeah. but yeah, we're looking forward to having Jason back on. They got some big news coming up.
1: Yeah, hopefully they'll do some ATA Pod exclusives again yeah, for us. And
2: I think we're going to get some tracks here for folks that perhaps maybe hasn't been featured elsewhere. Hell yeah! But we've got some good news coming from Jason. They've already announced that they've got a European tour that they're going to be kicking off in That's the fall. They got another awesome. album in the works. Huge for them. That's so cool. We're going to have some new music for you guys from Storm Ruler. We're going to talk a little bit about Bastard, too. Bastard's out there cutting their teeth, too.
1: I'm into Bastard, dude.
2: I love them. Fucking so good. Absolutely. Like, I'm sure there's a, a lot better comparisons that could be made, but like, the first two things I think of when I hear them, and I've, you know, seen them in person as well, is Motorhead. And yeah. they now have these like breakdowny a life once lost almost parts to their music which I am all about yeah hell yeah sign me the fuck up (laughs) so yeah so we'll we'll get into talking with new things that Storm Ruler and and Bastard have going on with Jason yeah and we'll be closing out the month talking to Andy from the Destroy the Brain Collective the late night grindhouse operations out of St. Louis so we'll really and that will be kicking off our Horror Month in October whenever that actually releases so we're looking forward to having him on too. And
1: we might have someone do something special for Halloween. I don't know if we've hundred percent decided on that yet. Yeah, but... we've got
2: a couple different things. You know? Yeah, everything that's basically coming out in October, which will be a five episode drop because of the longer month. Right. Is going to be tied into horror. Yeah. You know, we've got Logan the Mask Maker coming on. Yeah. We're doing horror stories from your bud tender. <laughs> We're doing five favorite horror movies panel yeah yeah. that'll be good so it'll be a good time yeah so as you know i am barry insane on instagram and twitter underscore
1: joshua welch on instagram um the og w on twitter
2: and for this week we are out of time good night and good luck everybody stay safe out there
5: And uh, this little guy's in some bad shape this evening. Uh, a little Chihuahua, uh, poor little guy. Uh, I have a cousin, and he came down, and he just not—he's not quite right. Me and my wife were in bed. We wake up. My cousin from Arco- Arkansas sh- took his syringe and shot our little Chihuahua up with some methamphetamines. He's going buck wild, biting, growling. Uh, He ate all the food in our refrigerator. The dog did? Our dog did, yeah. I kicked my cousin out, told him to go to hell. He's gone, called the cops on him, he's arrested, but I'm worried about my chihuahua here. What should I do about him?
0: I would would recommend bringing him, um, I mean, he's probably gonna need to be hospitalized and have some intensive treatment. You're gonna need to call poison control on Mm -hmm. the way over I would recommend going to one of our 24-hour facilities because we close at 1 a.m. and by the time you get here and we get things
5: done. So can I take him to a, a regular hospital or what What I got to do here? No,
0: you need to take him to one of our facilities, but we, this location is closes at 1, so I am gonna. I want you to go to our 24-hour facility in O'Fallon.
5: You think I can pamper him and take care of myself or do you need to go somewhere?
0: I don't know what would what happen.
5: I mean, got, it's, it's been, our, been about, because I was in bed and uh, I woke up and he's growling, biting, he ate everything we had in the refrigerator. I think he uh, well, he's got, he might have drank some booze. Well, like,
0: yeah, he's got narcotics in his system, he's got beer in his system, He's whatever else is in his system. He needs to be seen or he's gonna die.
5: Yeah, I think he's having a good time, but I guess I gotta take him to the hospital, I guess. I mean, he was growling, but now he's smiling, so uh, I never seen a dog go this wild before. So Do I guess you I need I'm for sure
0: that he got that your cousin gave him something.
5: Yeah, he's not a, he, He's one of those cousins that you don't want coming around, but he does come around every now and then because you feel bad because you're Ken. So long story short. I was in bed. my wife was in bed. We hear a bunch of giggling going on. We wake up. He's giving our dog methamphetamines. little baby Chihuahua too, the cutest little thing you ever seen. He's going buck wild, barking, yapping, tweaking out.
0: Okay, well you, yeah, you need to go to our O'Fallon location and have him seen immediately, because um, he's probably going to be hospitalized and get an extensive amount of treatment.
5: Okay. Um, what about all the food he ate? He ate a whole pepperoni pizza. I,
0: I, that could cause problems too. I I'm more worried about the drugs that he that he got. Okay.
5: You think he'll be coming? That like he'll have like a. Um, like withdrawals, like people do, like you see on intervention, like have like methamphetamine withdrawals, we'll start feeling and all that.
0: Sir, I don't know. You're gonna just need to come, okay? Just come here. We'll get him started and then we'll transfer him out, okay?
5: Okay. Well, so, thank you, know. you. You're a blessing from God. You are. you're your God bless you.
0: We're at Natural Bridge and St. Charles Rock Road, and uh, 270.
5: All right. Well, I appreciate it.
0: Are you are you gonna come?
5: We're gonna come. I love this Chihuahua. This Chihuahua is about 11. He's on his last leg anyway. As a, a matter of fact he's an amputee of a dog. He had a he's he's a, it's a, he's a, he's, a rare, he's a rare breed of a dog too because he's one of the few chihuahua's that actually has sorry, sorry. diabetes. This chihuahua has diabetes. Okay. Chihuahua has diabetes. He's on meth. He's had a bunch of sugar. Yeah, we're going to take him there. Okay.
0: Okay, so it's 85 for an exam and any treatments that we perform would be additional costs and
5: services? Oh, money don't matter. Okay. My dog's on meth. I can pay 1000 bucks. I need to get my dog off this meth. Okay. We're gonna take him in. We're gonna take them in. I'm okay. sorry about being so upset about this. We need
0: to come here, and we'll get treatment started, and then we'll transfer.
5: All right, through. I'll be there. It's about a. Tw- I just looked it up on the internet. It's gonna be a 20-minute drive. I gotta pop at Denny's first to get myself okay. something to eat. So it'll be about a. That'll be about an hour, but I, I'll be there.
0: I wouldn't wait that long. I would just come
5: here. You, would, okay. you, you wouldn't recommend Denny's? I would
0: Not wait. All right. Get here.
5: He loves so, the Denny's, though. You think Denny's will make him happy, no, feel better? I don't. All right.
0: no, Please do not feed him. Just come here, okay?
5: All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it.